guys, and welcome to another episode of Keeping It Real with your favorite co-hosts, Sergio and Kayla. And today is our first episode of the year. Crazy. It's it's so exciting. And like, we haven't filmed, I mean, not filmed, we haven't recorded a podcast in like two weeks, but I feel like so much has happened. within those two weeks like not only personally but like on a national scale oh to the point where like like I was like genuinely looking forward to this like all week and I was like just so excited to just start venting same but like before we get into our venting session we have our body positive quote of the week which is your body is your home, your vessel in life. It needs to be respected and loved. Yeah, I mean, it's a part of you. Like, you shouldn't hate on it. Yeah, and I mean, that, it's just, it's a very short and it's a very simple kind of quote, but I feel like it's still very powerful. Mm-hmm. And like, okay, this just came up, but I like, like, I wonder if people like, like, how do I say this? Okay, well, no, okay. So, okay, I'm just going to make a public announcement. Sergio and I, like, because, like, we we do, like, these, po- like, body positive quotes and stuff, and, like, we, like, kind of give, like, our thoughts on it and stuff, it can it can seem like you and I, Sergio, are, are like, completely, like, like, we completely, like, love ourselves and our bodies mm-hmm. and stuff, but I want to make it clear that, like, like, yeah, like, I feel like you and I are getting closer to that, but, like, it's not, it's, like, all true, you know, like, you and I still mm-hmm. do struggle with, like, um, body image and body positivity and stuff like that, you know? Yeah, I, I just wanted to say that, like, some of my, like, darkest, like, times concerning my body image have been during the span of the time that we've been doing this podcast Mm -hmm. and so I feel like that really just reiterates that body positivity is not necessarily a destination it's more so a journey and you're never gonna like get to this place where like you're positive about your body all the time but like if you can at least get to a place where like like 90% of the time you can respect your body and understand and just like have a neutral opinion of it I think that's a lot of what body positivity is about but like also I've been thinking recently I feel like the body positivity that we portray on this podcast is kind of um I feel like it's not portraying the full width and full expanse of what body positivity is actually about I feel like we talk a lot about insecurity on this podcast, but mm-hmm. there's just like so much more to body positivity because body positivity is about fighting the systemic oppression that there is against marginalized bodies. Right. And so like, yeah, we can sit here and talk about insecurity and that's like a completely valid part, but I think I also want to like just throw it out there that we should also be talking about 
about um, the issues that plus-sized people face. Exactly. And, like, like, I've been seeing a lot more recently. Like, you know, like, when you see, like, videos of girls saying, like, love yourself, size doesn't matter, like, all that. And they're, like, fairly, like, petite. Mm-hmm. I've been seeing, like, a lot of people reacting to it and being, like, like, kind of, like, you're, like, there's not enough, like, all these girls are talking about body positivity are mostly petite, and you don't really see anyone who is actually, like, doesn't fit, um, like, I guess, society standards of a body type or whatever talking about mm-hmm. it, you know, like, there's not as many of them. All of these right. girls that are, because, like, a majority of the girls that are talking about it are the girls who have bodies that society defines as perfect or mm-hmm. the standard, you know? And so, like, little by little, we're starting to see more and more um, girls who don't fit this, who don't exactly fit society's body type speak out more about loving yourself and, like, body positivity and stuff. And I feel like that's so, like, first of all, I didn't, I never even noticed that, but that was, that was so true. And second off, I like that we're seeing more girls with different body types, with actual different body types speak on it, Mm -hmm. because it's so relatable to, like, I feel like it's just so much more relatable to a lot more people, like in girls, you know? Yeah, and I think it's definitely valid when, like, people who seem to have a perfect body by what society deems as a perfect body, I think it's perfectly valid for them to have insecurities. And I think it's, like, extremely normal for, like, most women especially to have insecurities as mm-hmm. as like because I feel like just growing up in this society if you are a woman or if you are like someone who's queer like especially within the gay male community like body standards are just so high and it's so it's almost impossible to be socialized within this society without having insecurities so I think we definitely do need to spread body positivity because of that but also we need to uplift the voices of those who are of marginalized bodies and we need to make that distinction and we also need to recognize that someone's experiences as someone's experiences with the plus size body is different from someone's experiences if they have like a is it called straight size? I feel like it's called straight size, right? Like size zero through 12. Yeah. Okay. If they have like a straight size body, like those experiences are so different because our society is made for one of those types of bodies and it caters towards one of those types of bodies and doesn't cater towards the other. Agree. Yeah, for sure. I know. New year. I think that Personally, for me, I'm, like, working on, like, mental health and, like, learning to, like, you don't need to love your body. I think you need to accept it, though. Yeah, I think, I think body neutrality is also a very, like, great alternative to body positivity, you know, because, like, body neutrality is just, like, I don't know. There's just something so powerful in not having to like be so body negative all the time. Yeah. It's honestly draining. 
And so actually this week was like a very hard week for me. It was like, why is it hard? Okay, you know what? I've been, just been thinking about my body image a lot. Not, uh-huh. It hasn't been any like particularly harder, but like I've just been thinking about it a lot. Mm-hmm. And so I've also been thinking about this this phenomenon called the male gaze. And so you've heard of the male gaze, right? Yes. Okay. I was thinking about how all body standards are like, they all come from this idea of the male gaze. Huh. Interesting. Because like, if we think about it historically, historically women have had to cater every single thing about themselves just so they can like marry like a Marvelsi man and have like good options for who to marry. And so I feel like body image definitely like factors into that. And so historically women have been treated as sort of like needing to cater towards men. And I think that translates into our current society because we have still kept very similar body standards. Mm-hmm. And so I think there's something liberating in understanding that and me coming to that realization. And when I thought of that, it kind of just like all clicked because then I was able to understand like that a lot of like my negative self body image isn't like actually me thinking that I look bad it's me being taught that I look bad right yeah I get that makes sense but I mean I don't know society I just hate it (laughs) I hate it like like you're not I feel like like when you grow up and stuff I feel like you're you're not nobody really tells you like how like how cruel society is when it comes to like body image and stuff you know like you have to Mm -hmm. as you grow older you you learn more about it but it's you when you learn about it it's never in a positive view it's always in a negative Mm -hmm. view you know which just sucks but like I had mentioned before like you're we're seeing a lot more like on TikTok and stuff um and YouTube, you're seeing a lot more uh, females who are speaking out against it and is like mm-hmm. normalizing um, every body type. And I think that's amazing because the younger generation, like I hope that they'll be able to see these and be like, okay, so I can love myself. I may not look like that girl or that girl, but mm-hmm. I'm unique to myself and, and mm-hmm. it's okay, you know? And I think one of the like most profound moments that happened to me over winter break was when I was talking to my older brother and it this ties in this ties in very well to what you were saying but we were talking and I brought up the male gaze and he had never heard of it before and I just feel like the fact that my straight older brother never heard of the male gaze before is just such a like great representation of like how much privilege there is 
mm-hmm. and like being an Alosis hat man. Yeah. Like, because I feel like being subjected to the male gaze as a gay man is obviously very different from being subjected to the male gaze as a woman. Mm-hmm. But they're just, they're, they're different experiences, obviously, but there's still like that underlying connection of like, we aren't existing for ourselves, but rather we're existing for our future partner. Right. Which, I mean, I'm not, I'm not gonna lie, like, I have, like, I'm sure everybody thinks, like, oh my god, if I don't look a certain way, I'm not going to end up, like, date or, or like, marrying someone or whatever, like, literally, like, those are just crazy thoughts, honestly, but, like, I'm sure everybody thinks that, but it, that is just so untrue, it really is, and it's ridiculous how, like, how, like, that is, honestly probably like one of the main concerns for so many females when it comes to your body it's just insane and I don't know I'm just I'm really tired of like existing within a society that tells me that I should look a certain way for like the observation or like for the regard of men like Mm -hmm. Yeah, like that it just it feels like such a deeply patriarchal concept beauty standards and I just I'm so tired of it like it's so dumb it really is and the fact that like the thing is that it's never going to go away like it's always going to be there which sucks Gosh, that was such a nice venting session. It was. It was. <laughs> I missed these talks. <laughs> um, I feel like there is something else this week that was like really big that like we need to talk about. Um, so there was an attempted coup in our country at the Capitol. I know. Can you believe this? You know, to be honest, there's so many things I want to say. I think, you know what? I'm not surprised. I'm not either because, I mean, after, like, um, who our new president was going to be was announced, I you can see, like, just, like, days after, like, the things that Trump was saying online and stuff. So... When I heard that something like this happened, I wasn't really in complete shock. I was almost expecting something to happen. And I think a lot of people were expecting something to happen, you know? Yeah, I think I, it just feels like this was the road that we were being led down. And, like, no one was really doing well. People were trying to do things about it, but, like, those who had the power to, like, actually stop us from going down this road didn't actually do anything. Mm -mm. And so it just feels like it was, like, accumulation of a lot of, like, past, like, past actions and a lot of, like, downplaying of, like, the severity of Trump making all of these, like, false claims. And so 
I don't think anyone in this country should be surprised at this point because like mm-hmm. like it was just so painfully obvious that we were going down this road like it uh yeah I mean honestly like you see people and they say like you know can't wait to like leave you know 2020 in the past and then you know start a new year right but what's sad Mm -hmm. is that it I feel like like it's a new year but it's not really I mean we just I mean somebody just invaded the the capital you know what I mean like I just feel like it's just a new year but it's still but last year just carrying over you know does that make sense Mm -hmm. yeah 2020 ended but the belief systems that people had in 2020 carried over into 2021 right like literally the only thing that changed was the year that's it all the problems all the issues all the events that took place in 2020 are just transferring over 21 because they're they're still happening yeah and like I don't know. The season premiere of America 2021 was like really intense. <laughs> For sure. And it's just like we had like a really intense season last year. Can we not can we not do this? I know. It I just I just hate it so much. Like literally, <laughs> what's the date today? Is it is it like the seventh? It's the eighth. It's the eighth. Really, eight days in 2021, <laughs> and we already got big, like major national events happening. Like, really? Yeah. I mean, and I just found I find this whole like coup like so symbolic, um, because it from the footage that I saw, there was a lot more Trump flags than there were American flags mm-hmm. within the crowd of protesters, and I feel like. That's just such a profound symbol that represents that they value their faith in Trump over their faith in America's democratic system. I know. And like, it just feels like this whole like cult of personality and it's like very fascist. Mm-hmm. Like, sure. I don't understand how like people can see that and not classify that as fascist. Mm-hmm. I'm. I don't know. I think that this is literally the first president in history that will not accept the fact that he lost. Yeah, and it was also so. There is also something else too. The Confederate flag made its debut in the Capitol, even though the Civil War ended in 1865 and I think that's I feel like a picture of that is going to be in history textbooks because of how powerful that image is because of how much that speaks to how deeply ingrained racism is within our country oh a thousand percent I mean I think Biden spoke about this he was like and I, I don't know if you've seen like like pictures of this on Instagram but there'd be like um, when the Black Lives Matter movement happened and then when the storming mm-hmm. of the Capitol came out, they would classify storming the Capitol as a protest, 
But then the Black Lives Matter movement, who people were just marching down the street holding signs, like we're not even talking about all the rioting that happened, just the marching part, that's considered a riot. Like, and then Biden mm-hmm. was like, if you had somebody from like the Black Lives Matter movement go and participate in what they did at the Capitol, things would be handled in a much worse way than they were. Yeah. Which, and yeah. And also, I just want to say that it's very hard to get into the Capitol. So, like, we have footage of the police just, like, letting them into the Capitol. That's so crazy. Like, like we're paying, like, millions of dollars for this high security. And you just, like, you know, like, is that easy? Like, it, it's so unacceptable to think about the double standards that there is in policing and how when it's a protest to save white supremacy or it's part of the white supremacy movement in America, they're just treated so radically different than a protest for equal rights. Exactly. And didn't didn't Trump speak there? Trump Trump did release a video during the riot and the insurrection, but he was just like, "Oh, I love you all, like, but go home." And it, ugh, like, it was so dumb. I know, like, you're really gonna you're gonna show you're gonna show sympathy and pretend like it's okay to storm the Capitol, like, like no, like honestly. I don't care if you're supporting me or for or the reasoning behind it. You do not do that. Like that is just not okay under any circumstance. Mm-hmm. And like that was our that was our former president. Like I mean, we I just I just can't. I can't. It just gets me so heated. Like I I don't understand <laughs> it. I don't understand. It it also gets me very heated, but I just I really hope that going forward we're not just gonna forget about this and turn the page as a lot of um gop senators and representatives want to do but that we're gonna hold the people who helped incite this accountable um and i hope that we remove trump from office and all the senators that really bought into this idea that the election was stolen and kept on saying it even when there is no evidence yeah i think that he needs to let us move on as a country because i'm not going to lie i think that like for instance covid and stuff i think the way it was handled was handled very poorly i think that if our president would have taken it seriously from the start we would not be in the situation we are in right now we would probably be in a much better place like a lot of the other countries are so I mean I just think that we need a new we just I we just need a fresh start we just need a fresh start you know we need to rebuild the things that he took really really damaged yeah and I just really hope that we get justice before we move on Mm -hmm. because 
a large part of moving on and doing all that healing that everyone is talking about is getting justice and making sure that those people in power who enabled this are no longer in power. Right. Agree. I mean, honestly, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm just happy that I'm not like, okay, well, okay, I'm gonna say it. I would hate, like, in, like, 10, 20 years from now, I would hate to be a high school student because they're going to have a lot, a lot of <laughs> history to learn from this year, or 2020 and 21. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like, I can't wait for, like, future generations of, like, history students and, like, historians to be, like, reading about all of these events and just like roll their eyes because they can't believe how we let like everything progress to the point of a coup because it was so like not necessarily obvious but like I'm sure by then they're gonna see it as like oh my gosh like it was so obvious that they were gonna do that yeah like because when we look back in history we can we sort of have like a lot more perspective so we have a slanted view of things and then we sort of judge the people Mm -hmm. in history for not like seeing what was going to happen because we see it as obvious and I can't wait for future generations to just like roll their eyes and be like how did you let any of this happen that's so dumb right yeah it's gonna be interesting for sure I just and that was only on Wednesday. I know. <laughs> I swear, man. Oh, I can't. And here's the thing. Here's my problem with the insurrection. I mean, not okay. I have a lot of problems with the insurrection, mainly that it happened. Um, but also, I feel like after, like when the whole insurrection was happening, it's kind of ridiculous how school expected us to just like continue as if everything was normal that is so true that is so true because i know like when things happened um the next day like in my in my first and second periods both of my teachers were just kind of like so do you guys hear the news and then people would be like yeah and they would just like say one or two things about it and then they'd be like okay now today's assignment is to blah 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 like like this like no like this is like a big thing that just happened in our nation like we're not going to like why I I just don't I don't understand how like they think it's okay to just continue on like it's normal like I, I feel like that's just horrible that now that stuff has is considered as just something that's normal you know I'm really glad that you brought up that perspective because in my IB classes, we actually like did talk about it. Um, in my history class, we spent like the first like 20 minutes, I think, of class just like talking about it and like venting about like how dumb we think it was and like just asking questions mm-hmm. and like, I don't know, just like general discussion about it. And I thought that that was really helpful but 
a lot of the part that I didn't like about it was that we were still expected to do the same amount of homework and that there was no real way to like get out of the school obligations Mm -hmm. um even though we were in the midst of like pretty much a national crisis like it just it it felt so like dumb yeah and I just oh it was it was rough yeah I don't know man but on to uh more positive things (laughs) what would you say your new year's resolutions are okay here's the thing so okay i really like to bullet journal and you know what bullet journaling is right okay i really love to bullet, bullet journal and i was like 2021 this is the year that i'm finally gonna do like a complete bullet journal for the year mm-hmm. and it's going to be nice and like it's not going to be like sort of like this extravagant aesthetic theme it's just going to like exist so like I can get into the habit of doing mm-hmm. it and so I have not done my like spread for my 2021 resolution mm-hmm. so I have not made them I think that as long as you just so, start them in the month of January, it will count. <laughs> well, I guess my 2020 resolution is like, or at least one of them is going to be like to bullet journal uh-huh. all year. Probably not during the summer. I probably won't bullet journal during the mm-hmm. summer. Um, so I guess that's mine. What's first? Oh my God. Okay. I have so many. <sighs> okay. So um, my... Okay, well, for, like, I just want to, like, okay, I'm going to give up bread and sweets. So, like, bread, sugar, and sweets for, like, a whole year. I'm going to really try, Sergio, because I've always wanted (laughs) to do this. Technically, I didn't start on the first. I started on the fifth, but that's okay, though. We have not eaten bread or sugar or, like, sweets since. So, kind of struggling but it's fine though because I feel like the longer you do it the more like you get used to it so there's Mm -hmm. that and then I am um oh okay I'm working on my social media more I'm working like you know Instagram and stuff like uploading more pictures there and like gaining like more followers and like putting getting my name out there and I'm filming more Mm -hmm. I'm gonna and my New Year's resolution is to, like, get to the point where I can, like, um, upload at least two videos a week. And then I'm going to start doing more TikToks and stuff. And, like, honestly, people are probably, like, that's not really, like, like TikToks. Like, really? That's a New Year's resolution? But, no, like, what I want to do is, so, like, I feel like, honestly, if you look at, like, TikTokers, that's how they start off. Like, that's how they get their name known. And then, mm-hmm. like, the followers from TikTok transfer over to YouTube. Like, I don't know if you've seen that. Mm-hmm. But, like, that's, like, where a lot of people yeah. nowadays are, like, starting on. So, mm-hmm. we're going to work on that. And then, yeah, that's it. <laughs> it's a lot. But, I mean, we can do it, though. 
I'm just really excited for you to start uploading videos. Bro, okay. Bro, oh my god. Okay. I was, I did not realize how many vlogs I do on my phone. Like, literally two years ago, I started doing them. And so I have so many, like, (laughs) short vlogs on my phone. And I was just watching them. And I was like, oh my god, I need to start this, like, now. Like, this is just an ongoing thing. And it's just, like, it's time, you know? And I recorded my video my first one i'm like almost done editing it yeah just like text me when it's done because i want to watch it like (laughs) i guess we do but like i don't think the listeners understand how iconic all of your videos are bro i'm so excited and then like i'm working on um uh, like, you know, like, when you go to, like, tap on people's channel, like, you see, like, the picture and then, like, the heading. Um, mm-hmm. I'm working on getting your um, design you made me. I'm working on um, uploading it, uploading it to it. Yeah. Uh, I'm so excited, guys. <laughs> and they're just going to be, I'm really honestly, too. I'm entertained by myself. Because <laughs> I do so much <laughs> stupid stuff. But yeah. Um, oh, yeah. something that I wanted to tell you. I don't know if you've heard this, but it's so trippy though, because it's so it's so accurate. It said something like, I was 16 when I entered quarantine and I'm about to turn 18. Put that into perspective for me. And I was like, <laughs> oh my God, that is so true. That feels like it shouldn't work, though. Right. Well, think about it. I turned 17 in quarantine. So we went into quarantine at 16. At least I did. Turned 17. My birthday's in two months. I'm going to be 18. (gasps) No, that's scary. Oh, my God. (laughs) I hate that. Oh, oh, that's that. When you say it like that, it makes things so much more worse. No, I don't. Mm, no, no, thanks. I know. Uh, I, no. I, okay, here's the thing. I feel like, to be honest, I feel like the period from March all the way up to June, so like March through the end of school mm-hmm. last year, I feel like that exists outside of time. Like, that doesn't feel like it was last year, but at the same time, like, it doesn't feel like it resides anywhere else in time. And I feel like it just feels like this alternate universe that we were all in. And then, like, I don't know, it just, it feels so weird to think about because it feels like we've been stuck in time. Yeah, because every day just feels like the same. Except also kind of not because there's been a lot of like things going on nationally. So it's like, I don't know. It's just like, it's like every, like, it's like individuals are frozen in time, but like on a national scale, we're not frozen yeah, in time. I know. You know? What you mean. It's like we're standing still and like the whole world is moving. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just, ugh. I don't 
I don't know, man. What? Okay, let's see. What is one thing that you would say quarantine helped you with, and one thing that quarantine really destroyed you in? Oh, I like such a question. Oh my god. Um, helped me with what did it help me with? Oh god, I think. Okay, I think it helped me in the sense that it gave me a lot of time for self-reflection and it gave me a lot of um, motive, not at times it gave me motivation to like start doing the things that I always said I wanted to do, like doing this podcast. Mm -hmm. We started it during quarantine and I just feel like it's been such a great thing to reflect on and like a great way to reflect on my life and like how I'm just in general but also Mm -hmm. destroying me I can name so many things so many things um I feel like socially it has destroyed me I feel like I've lost all my social skills like I can't I can't socialize anymore it's very hard um but also there was there was something else. Oh, I feel like I have no like grasp or no ability to control oh, yeah. my time. Mm-hmm. Like like it'll feel like like I don't know, like time what is time? Like I don't <laughs> time management is so hard in quarantine because like everything feels the same and it's like like it it feels like everything is optional without it actually being optional like um i I would say what about you helped me like you said it's it's motivated me it's made me realize that like like life and your time is short like you're not always going to be you're you're not always going to be in a position where like you're able to put things off the next day if that makes sense like like we like the day before quarantine we all thought that like the next day was going to be completely normal mm-hmm. but then we woke up to it completely not being that so made me realize that, like if you want to mm-hmm. do something you have to do it now like you can't just put it off um but i would say that quarantine has affected me more negatively than positively um like it's just it's just like I don't know (laughs) like mentally it it really it really took a toll like it just made me it it made me think a lot about things Mm -hmm. that I never really thought about which weren't Mm -hmm. necessarily like the best you know like I started to notice things I didn't notice before like about my physical image or whatever you know and like it just I don't know like and then like mm-hmm. obviously like you, you can't go anywhere like you're just stuck in your house and it's like the same thing over and over again every single day like you go to bed you're doing the same thing the next day like there's just like nothing like to look forward to you know and I don't know like and like 
now I can say that like yeah it's pretty much the same thing every day but I've developed like a better schedule like a routine so yeah it is the same thing but to me it it just feels Mm -hmm. different but yeah quarantine made me depressed (laughs) 100% (laughs) Yeah, me too. Me too. But I just, I don't know. I feel like quarantine kind of also made me very emotionally numb. And I mean that in the sense that I'm sort of struggling Mm -hmm. to find the purpose in like a lot of different things. Um, And I feel like I haven't done creative writing and I haven't read a book in so long. Like, it's so easy for me to just, like, go without those two things in my life when before quarantine, like, those were indispensable. And I just feel like quarantine has sort of, like, not necessarily made me lose the my passion for those things but made me like so out of wildly out of control of my time that I no longer feel motivated to do them and I just it's so annoying because I know that these are things that I love but at the same time like my existential dread is just like you're like you lose you're losing not passion for letting me enjoy like. them yeah i'm just and i think i'm pretty sure it'll go it'll like be back like once everything is like over but like right now it just feels like those emotions are dulled like they're not completely gone but they're not like completely there and also like I don't I'm things I I feel like things are never going to be well I don't want to say never but I feel like for a long long time things aren't going to be normal you know like we can't just go out and like like socialized and like without the fear of like oh are, do they have covid um are they sick you know like you you now that's just a constant like reminder in the back of your head mm-hmm. that you always have to be aware of now yeah mm-hmm. and I kind of want to I kind of want to talk about something this week that, like, it, it's a more of a personal event, but it was something that just kind of, um, I don't, I wouldn't say that it broke me, but it was, like, a very intense moment of, like, self-reflection. <laughs> and, okay, <laughs> I'm going to try to get through this without crying because I <laughs> cried on the last episode. And I just, 
<laughs> that just shows our viewers that we are real and we are wrong. Oh my god. <laughs> but like, I'm just like a very emotional person, so like, I might start crying. Um, but basically, so in IB, there's like an extended essay, which is a research project that every diploma candidate has to do, and it's like 4,000 words on the topic of your choice, and so I turned my final thing in, um, and I got, like, my grade for it Mm -hmm. um, this week. I had a meeting with my supervisor for it, and so (laughs) here's the thing. I need at least, I cannot fail this extended essay and get my IB diploma. So basically, I poured so much time and effort into this essay. And I think, I think it was really good. And, but there was like one fatal flaw in it that like knocked it down from like probably like a high B to a low A all the Uh way down to like a high C, low B kind of situation. And so it, it, it was really scary because it was like this one component, which like makes up 12 out of the 34, 35 points. Like that's a pretty sizable portion. And like, I only got like two out of, two or three points on that like criterion and so it was just so emotionally devastating to like know that and like looking back on it like yes that was also that was a dumb mistake but also like I think a lot of some to a certain extent that was also out of my control because like a lot of like my research was just like not easily applicable to my question that I was trying to answer because I was looking at queer themes within the Great Gatsby and arguing that the main character is queer. But like the thing is that like we, the 20th century was like so deeply homophobic. There was like the red, the lavender scare um, the AIDS epidemic and like you could be fired for being gay at your job like all the way until 1995 so this idea of a queer reading of the great Gatsby is just such a new phenomenon and like the essays that talked about it before like the early 2000s had to be like very reserved in the way that they talked about it and so like that made my research like so hard and I think it really did detriment my research but like because I'm so upset because a lot of that was out of my control but at the same time like what was in my control I also acknowledge that I could have done like a better job but at the same time like I don't think that I could have scored like the highest possible Mm -hmm. given my topic. And I think, and I think that just like really broke me. And like, it like broke me in the sense that it just caused me to have a lot of self-reflection 
And I think that it made me realize that I feel like it just, it made me really upset and it made me really mad and it made me like cry a lot um, because I'm so tired of having to put myself through all of IB's like just like I'm trying to say it without cussing but like all of their like ridiculous standards because like I am so tired of just like all of it like at Mm -hmm. this point I don't even care if I get my IB diploma like it's just so ridiculous because like all these things pile up on each other and like it just feels like way too much a lot of the time and I'm just so tired of me doing things that I'm passionate about and then I'd be turning around and telling me that that's not good enough Because at the end of the day, I wrote a really great paper. And it's it's something that I was passionate about. And yes, most of it was like original ideas. And most of it was based off of my own interpretation of the text. But I feel like that's even more profound than if I were to just like, compare and contrast what was already being said about this continue and and so I just I I kind of had this like crisis yesterday where I was just thinking about how I exist for the gaze of IB and I was just thinking about that and thinking about how so much of what I've done junior and senior year has been for the gaze of colleges and for the gaze of IB. And I'm just so tired of having to make sacrifices for all of these things that in the end aren't going to give me the satisfaction or the value. Yeah, like you feel like you've been carrying weight for so long. And I don't know, like, it feels kind of dramatic to say this because, like, obviously, like, I got, like, a pretty high C or, like, I may even get, like, a low B. But, like, I don't know. I'm just, I'm so, like, fed up with everything that IB has done. Like, because it's just, it's ridiculous and, ugh. I don't know. I'm feeling like gifted kid. Yeah, right I mean, now, it, I think that I never fun. been in IB, but like just hearing like you talk about it, this is just sounds like it's like a not only like stressful, but I feel like in a way it's a mental game. Like I feel like it really mentally destroys you. It 
yeah. It, it definitely does mentally destroy you. But, like, it destroys you so much so to the point where, like, you always just have to come back better. And, like, in that sense, it, like, helps you. But also, like, maybe it wasn't worth it. But at the same time, I know if presented with the option to do it again, and if I was a sophomore, Mm -hmm. I would still choose to do IB again. And... I just, <laughs> um, oh my God. Okay, here's the thing. I was thinking about this and I was thinking about how I exist for the gaze of IB and the gaze of colleges and like also the male gaze to a certain extent with like my body image issues. And like, I was just like so tired of all of this. And so like, I'm just, I don't know. I want to be liberated from all of these gays and just, like, do stuff that I want to do. Because, like, there's so many passion projects that I have, like, my creative writing and, like, this podcast. But, like, at the end of, like, every school week, I'm just so, like, exhausted from, like, the mental energy that I've put into all my homework that I just don't have the energy to to put that into Mm -hmm. these passion projects. Yeah. I'm, I don't know. I just, it's, it's so, I don't know. I just, I'm tired of it. And I feel like I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to not make Taylor Swift references, which is why I'm pausing a lot. Would it really be a pod, though, if Sergio never mentioned Taylor Swift or referenced her? <laughs> Wait, but here's the thing. Okay, here's the thing. I feel like, um, you know, this is going to sound so dumb because, like, tomorrow I'm going to be, like, wearing pastels again. But I feel like I am oh entering my reputation here. Yes. And you, like, understand what that means, right? Like, I just want to make sure that all of this is rated on. Are you Like, serious? specifically the song Look What You Made Me Do by Taylor Swift. I, okay, Kayla, I am wearing oh, all wow. black today, oh, wow. and I wanted to wear black lipstick and, like, black eyeshadow. Like, it was gonna be, like, it was gonna be, like, a whole look. It was gonna be so cute. It? it was gonna be, like, iconic you know like very but here's the thing my parents would like yell at me if I like wore black lipstick or like eyeliner it just it would be so bad and I kind of wanted to reference one of her songs okay I feel like this is why we can't have nice things from reputation is just such an amazing song that like very well correlates to the situation with my extended essay because like I don't know it's just about being under scrutiny and like not wanting to care about that and just like continuing with your life because you have so much confidence in yourself and like that's the energy I want to channel but also but also 
I was listening to the song Death by a Thousand Cuts as like part of my because I have an IB crying playlist. Um just because you cry a lot in IB. Um and so basically on the on the playlist is the song Death by a Thousand Cuts by Taylor Swift. And here's where the parallels get interesting. I was listening to that song. And <laughs> oh my God, I felt like really gay when I just did like the gay clap thing where like you're, you like clap after every word you say. I just, I, <laughs> Random. Sorry, that was very like, that was a very, I, I can't find the word random yes okay um so death by a thousand cuts I was listening to it and I was like this is exactly how I feel about IB right now and there's this one specific lyric that's like gave you too much but it wasn't enough and I was like that that is what IB is like you like give so much to IB Mm -hmm. And in the end, like, they're not going to give you the satisfaction that you want. And, like, yeah, maybe if you get, like, perfect scores, like, you're still not going to be satisfied with IB. Because, like, at that point, you made so many sacrifices. I think that's true for a lot of things, though. Like, just in life. And, like... mm -hmm. Yeah, but... I think especially within the school system, we've created this like really toxic hustle culture where if you're sacrificing just like basic things like your mental health and like basic life skills, such as like doing chores and like socializing and like just all of those other things that's sort of regarded as positive, even though it's not and it's all in the interest of getting into a good college. Me too. And I just... I hate it. What? I hate it. There oh, another... I didn't say it. The school system is corrupt. Wait, you go. Wait, Kayla. I feel like there definitely needs to be yeah. like a change in the school system. For sure. I kind of feel like we should For abolish sure. the SAT. Um, yeah. <laughs> I I strongly believe that we should abolish the SAT. Here's why. Yes. This is kind of like off topic, but you know what? We love our tangents here. Um, so originally the SAT was created What's to eugenics? prove eugenics. Okay, okay. Um, it's basically this idea that white people <gasps> are just naturally what? smarter than people of color. Yeah, you can look it up. Like, this is pretty, like, it's, I don't know. Yeah, it's, I, I wouldn't say that this is, like, necessarily common knowledge about the SAT, but, like, it's easily accessible knowledge about the SAT. Um, like, oh, literally just, like, one Google search, and, like, you'll find a bunch of articles about for, it. Um, just type in, like, SAT eugenics. Reason, I'll send you like, a couple articles SAT after the go. Yeah, and not only that, but the SAT continues 
to favor people who are of higher socioeconomic status. And since poverty disproportionately impacts people of color, people of color, statistically, they perform worse on the test because poverty impacts them in a different way than it impacts white people. And so still we can see today that the SAT is really more so a measure of how much money you have. And there's a strong correlation between like your socioeconomic status and your SAT score. So I think that in of itself really just proves like that there is no right. merit. And- I mean, I think there's like a, a lot of things the wrong with the SAT, but one of the things that I, I just, I hate is how that one test, that one test is what is your making or breaking point of rather of whether or not you get into a college. It's like all four years in high school, it's like all those grades you receive, like mm-hmm. you could literally be a straight A student, you know, do all your work, be a good quiz, um, uh, whatever it's called but anyways like you could literally just be a really great student and be a horrible test taker and you go and you take the SAT and you actually bomb it and then it's like okay sorry you can't go to college because that's the case for like a lot of people they bomb it and they don't even get into college because of that test which sucks it's like okay you just worked hard you get good grades but yet this test literally defines your future Yeah, and I think, okay, something that really, like, stood out to me when I got my admissions decision about Yale was that they would let you see the statistics of, like, who applied, who got in, like, and who got deferred and who got rejected. And so the total people that applied to Yale was the highest number that they've ever had. And so the admissions office was like, wow, like this must be because of the determination of students to like still succeed during hard times. Like we're so proud of you. But like, I think we should also like acknowledge that that it's not necessarily because of that. I think it's more so because of the fact that they didn't take the SAT this year. Like, like, because the thing is that the SAT if we like don't take that anymore then like more people are going to be encouraged to apply to the colleges that they want to because they don't have to feel like they're in they're supposed to be in this range of like scores and if they're in that range then they can apply like that's not going to be a barrier anymore I agree I think it I think it just needs to go away and I remember like um (laughs) my mom would always be on me she's like you need to study for this Kayla you need to like do blah 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 and then you and I were supposed to have like study sessions for it and we never did it and I believe that that's for a reason because then this happened we we it's not required so honestly for you because I remember like in our like earlier um like I think our first few podcasts you would be like you wouldn't be mad but you would be you were frustrated that you had like studied and did all of this just for the SATs to be canceled. And 
from like my view, I I didn't really mm-hmm. care that they were canceled because I never really studied for them. So for a person like me, I was just kind of like, okay, dope. <laughs> but yeah, I'm kind of happy though that they're canceled mm-hmm. because honestly, yeah. I I mean when I was like taking like the practice ones, cause I did I did I did take practice ones. Um, and, like, even when we did them, like, at school, I did get, like, a pretty good score, but, I mean, I'm just, like, when it comes to, like, a test like that that has everything in it, it, it's, it's harder, you know? Like, I'm not good, like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a good test taker if it's for, like, one mm-hmm. subject, like, it's just gonna focus on one subject, but the SAT focuses on all areas and all aspects of everything you've learned, you know? So then when it comes to that, it's, like, it's just stressful for me, and then I end up doing, like, worse than what I would have done, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I just, I find the whole SAT situation, like, very upsetting last year um, because I think we probably could have had the SAT go online and like have that be fine Um, and I don't understand why Mm -hmm. the college board didn't do that like that's never going to make sense to me because AP tests were online and I feel like like you already have like the software to do like online SAT like why aren't you offering that because like people have made like a lot of sacrifices to study for the SAT and it's just kind of like disappointed that all of that went to waste um I don't know yep majorly college any other topics you want to discuss Uh, I feel like hold on let me pull up my notes Oh my god. Okay, this was a big topic. This was such a big topic. Okay. I it's not gonna take us that long though. Okay, here's the thing. I think over winter break. Okay, so over winter break, I texted you that I was really happy that I got deferred from him. Well, uh uh-huh. And here's the thing. I think getting deferred from Yale was like probably the best outcome that could have happened for me. Okay. And the thing is that I feel like I was so set in my ways that like it had to be Yale and like no other college. And that was like the only place that I really wanted to go. Uh-huh. But I think getting deferred from Yale has like really allowed me to like I don't know I just I feel like it was the right thing for me and I feel like it couldn't like if I got accepted I would be like too emotionally invested in Yale to like actually consider all of the other options Mm -hmm. that I was presented with and like I don't know I just felt so glad that I was deferred because like I'm sure that I would have, like, accepted their offer and, like, withdrawn all my other applications, like, if they had accepted me. And so, yeah, 
I don't know. It was just, it was very nice because, like, I was sort of able to, like, fall in love with, like, a lot of the other colleges that I applied to. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. It was, it was nice. It was a nice feeling. Yeah. I think, I think everything happens for a reason. So. Yeah. Yeah. But also, I just wanted to, like, rant for a hot second about how I am very scared about the colleges that I applied to. Because I only applied to one safety school. Wait, what was it? What's your safety school? UC Irvine. Oh, hey, I applied there, too. That's my safety school, too. But first of all, Sergio, everyone knows. You you do not apply to only one safety school. Safety is there for a reason. You apply to literally <laughs> multiple safety schools. Okay, but here's the thing. I okay. Um I feel like I was just like very caught up in like applying to like all the schools that I have like been romanticizing for like a lot of my life that I kind of forgot to like actually do any safeties. Um because I don't know I submitted applications to like 13 colleges but like they all have percentages like that are below like 30 percent um except for UCI UCI I'd probably get into UCI yeah I just it's very scary because like all of these schools are really hard to get into Oh, my gosh, Sergio. So, like, maybe I should apply to one more safety? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I I don't. I think I'm, well, first of all, I think you should definitely apply to more safety schools. Maybe just at least one more, you know? Never, <laughs> you can never be too safe, hence the word safety school. Um, And second off, I think. I'm done applying to schools because I mean deadlines have already like a lot of schools have already had their deadlines and stuff to apply and I know I think the latest is like February 1st or something but mm-hmm. I think I don't know maybe I'll apply to one more school but as of right now I think I think I'm done I don't even remember what schools I applied to <laughs> yeah I just Apparently, it's recommended that you apply to three safety schools. Ah. <laughs> no, oh, my God. I just realized something. I'm telling you how you should apply to a lot of safety schools. I don't even know what safety schools I applied to, let alone how many <laughs> I applied to. Oh, well. Okay, so, like acceptance rate of like 50% sounds like pretty reasonable as a safety school for me so like yeah I think I'm gonna look into that <laughs> but like also like I don't know because like I think I would get into UCI so like I like I like I strongly believe that like I'm gonna get into like quite a bit of the schools that I apply to yeah I mean I've gotten into all of them so far Oh, you have, wait, 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 when you say all of them, are you referring to, like, multiple? I'm referring to, like, let's see, five schools. 
Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. Okay, wait. Have we <laughs> talked about this? Yeah, I thought we did. We we, we talked about all five schools. About the ones I got into? Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Wait, wait. Can you just listen out? Listen out. Okay. okay. GC. Wait. Yeah. GCU, NAU, ASU. Wait, wait. Can you say like the whole oh like, my God. thing? <laughs> I just, I, there's so many, like, college acronyms, like, it's so hard to keep up. Anyways, yeah. Okay. Wait, oh my god, wait, I need, oh my god, which ones? Okay, I just named four of them, and I, there's a, there's a fifth one's gonna bug me now. Okay, okay, so there's, um, uh, Grand Canyon University, Arizona mm-hmm. State University, Northern Arizona University, Oregon University, and then, oh my god, there's a fifth one. This tells you the fact that I'm forgetting what schools I'm accepted into. There's a fifth one. I'll text it to you, but there's a fifth one, though. But, yeah, that's how many I've gone into so far that I've heard back from, at least. I feel like you never told me, like, half of those. Really? Like, I don't think you did. (laughs) (laughs) Well, now you guys know. (laughs) So, either way, your girl's... Your girl got into a college. <laughs> I know. I'm so proud of you. But, like, also, you hear back from Pepperdine in, oh! like, four days. And, like, that's really. Three that's days really now. Scary. Three days now. On oh, the three, oh, my God. Three days. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm actually kind of scared. <laughs> like, that, because Pepperdine is such a, like. I feel like the aesthetic and the idea of like living in Malibu is like a really nice idea. It you know? is. It really is. Uh, I don't know, guys. Next pod, we're gonna have some news. We are gonna have news. I, I just, <laughs> I don't know. This whole like college thing has been like so stressful because like. I'm seeing other people get in, but like, I have like, I have no idea, like which college I'm gonna go to. Bro, and you know what's crazy? I have not been accepted to any of mine, and like they haven't released their decisions. You haven't heard from any of the schools you apply to. No, I haven't heard from any of them. (laughs) That is stressful. But you know what's crazy? You know what's even crazier? is the fact that we are going to college this year. In, let's see, February, March, April, May, June, July, August. In seven months. Seven months, we are going to college. <laughs> we're seven months? Yeah, in seven months, it's August. Okay, we're, we're, let, let me just make that even weirder. What? Quarantine has lasted longer than the time we have left before college. <gasps> oh my god! Oh my gosh! I don't like that. That's not okay. Wow. Wow, this is just... What is life, honestly? And I don't know, it's just, 
it's really scary. But also, I I don't think I'm gonna hear back from any of the colleges that I applied to before like their deadlines of like March thirty first and like April first. Mm-hmm. Um, did I tell you that all of my college decisions like come out on either March thirty first or April first? Yeah, you had mentioned something about that. That <laughs> that, that is, that's just crazy because I I know it's you stressful. you are very emotional. So <laughs> like that is horrible. Like I was like just emotionally like a mess when Yale's came out, and like and that was just one school. And, yeah, that was one, and now I have to like look at thirteen <laughs> or no no eleven eleven not thirteen and. Uh, I just, I just, I, I really not. hope that I get in somewhere. You will, like, you will. Like, I am so scared that I didn't apply to enough safeties. And like, that's been like, really like, just like terrifying to think about. But like, I don't know, maybe I'll email my counselor and like, but like the thing is that like most schools have already passed their deadline. Yeah. So like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure you'll, you'll, yeah, you'll get into a school for sure. Out of those 11 schools, I'm sure you'll get into at least three. Manifesting that right now. Yeah. yeah, We're not going with at least three. We are going to go with manifesting that I get into the majority of these schools. That's the ideal. But realistically considering the percentage the acceptance rates for these schools three would be an honor but honestly you could honestly like i was gonna say that you would get into like all of them just because like you're sergio and like you're like really smart (laughs) and stuff Mm -hmm. but then i thought that was a little too much so (laughs) i didn't say it (laughs) but like also I okay. I strongly feel that I'm gonna end up going to Columbia. Like, and here's why: I feel like a lot of signs in my life have just been like pointing towards Columbia. There's too many signs. There's so many signs, and like there, there aren't those signs for like any other college. Like, I am on Columbia TikTok, and it is. Fun there. It looks fun. Do I also? And it's just it. It's so crazy, and I feel like that's kind of been manifesting in my life. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Oh my gosh, I cannot wait for the podcast where you and I announce like officially where we're going to college. Right, like that. That's terrifying, though. Like. I am so indecisive that it's going to be so hard for me. I I don't like the idea that we're only three, four. Okay, hold on. I'm trying to do mental math. (laughs) Three, four. We're only 11 episodes. Yeah. Okay. It, 11 episodes from now, we're going to know. 
what schools we got into. And I think we're probably going to record on like April 1st, like that very day. Mm-hmm. Or like maybe even like April 2nd. Um, like that's going to be terrifying. That is. That sounds so like, that sounds like a lot of pods, but in reality they're not. And that's the scary part. <laughs> Yeah, and I don't know. I like. Uh, I feel like maybe I should apply to another safety. If you have the time, same time, I would. Wait, here. Let me look up. There was this one school that I know, like without a doubt, like they would take me. Like they offered me like priority admission, and like they're a pretty good school, and like they were like. Oh, like just do it, and in two weeks we'll get back to you. OMG, that was me and... with um the University of Hawaii. Um, but I never applied. I but the thing is that I didn't apply because I was like, because the thing is that I didn't know if that was breaking the contract that I had with Yale about like not applying early to other schools, and I. And I just never asked the Yale admissions office if, like, that was, like, an okay thing to do. Um, but I think they would take me, even though, like, I kind of, like, just ignored their offer. What school? It's called Emerson College. Oh, my God. Same. It's in Boston, Massachusetts. And, like. I get emails from them all the time. Like, 36 percent acceptance rate i don't know yeah like and i was shocked because i'm like i i'm not that smart i just i'm gonna find out when their application closes bro yeah i mean i don't even wow oh my god what? oh my god okay their application closes on january 15th Oh my God, Sergio! Go, we have to apply. <laughs> okay, like I think I can. I think I can do it by that time. I can do it by yes, that time. Yes, you can. Because here's the thing: I have like so many like essays just like already like written. Um, just use one of those. Yeah, I'll I'll use one of those. Um. Okay, yeah, we're doing this. Oh my God, I'm excited. Okay, <laughs> not us just panically planning everything out. <laughs> Okay, but the thing is, like, I feel like a lot of the time we're put together, but, like, sometimes we're not put together. And, like, I think our experiences with the times where we are put together really helps us when we're not put together. Because, like, this podcast is so spur of the moment. It is, like, we don't prepare at all for this. Right. Hardly even. But, like... Is it also a really great podcast? Yes, yes, it is. It is at the end of the day because, like, even though, like, I'm not gonna lie, this podcast is like 99% of the time all over the place. It's kind of like a mess. It just, it is a mess. Yeah, it it, it really is a mess. But at the, at the same time, I feel like that's what makes it so relatable is because it's like in the moment. Like, it's actual current, like, issues and, like, with our lives and, like, stuff, you know? Mm hmm. All right, this podcast is very long. Do we have anything else we wish to speak upon? Uh, 
Oh, wow. And the priority deadline was November 1st. Okay. So, yeah. I probably should have taken that Emerson offer. But the thing is, they didn't even send the email to me. They sent it to my dad, thinking that that was me. And so I didn't know about it for a while. And... (laughs) Wow. Okay. Well, should I end our pod? Yeah. All right. Thank you guys so much for tuning in and listening to our pod. This was our first pod back in two weeks. So sorry if we were more unorganized or not as put together as we usually are, even though we are never put together. But anyways, um, I hope you guys enjoyed listening to it. And we will be back with another pod.